0: Maybe we should all take a break from our book burning and take a minute to think about what we can all learn from everything that's happened over the last few weeks. Like, what can we do better as individuals? Aside from the social need to create awareness around abuse and protect those who have tragically been victimized. On a spiritual plane, what's our job to do? What is our message to learn from this? To try to be better, be the people we deserve to be. Welcome to Consciously,
1: a podcast focused on honest conversations for regular people seeking spiritual growth. Here's our host, Menachem Poznansky. Hey
0: Consciously, welcome back. It's Menachem Poznanski and grateful to be here. As our regular listeners know, we really try to stay away from controversial topics, even kind of current event topics, um, because this podcast, I really intend for it to be about a sharing of ideas and a sharing of strength um, that's related to our interviews and and also the essay topics we have going on. I actually have some great interviews coming up. And in February, God willing, we're going to be launching what was the original intention for this podcast, and we've been kind of building up towards that, which is creating a space where young people who are accomplishing great things can share their light uh, and their strength. So that's really kind of what we like to focus on. But sometimes, you know, something comes up in life, in the universe, and I I feel like I want to comment on it. So I'm going to do that today. But first, before we get there, I want to remind you to please subscribe to the podcast, give us a five star review on Apple. That's where most of you are listening. We really appreciate it. Also remind you to check out our social media pages at the light revealed on Instagram and on Facebook, we have a Really great series going on about the steps. Uh, For those who are engaged in 12-step recovery or not, or interested in 12-step recovery, tried to kind of tie it to some of the themes in Tehillim. I I really like it. I think it's going really well. And uh, definitely check that out. Finally, I want to remind you to check out our books, Consciously Six Steps to Living Vibrantly with Our Creator and Stepping Out of the Abyss, A Jewish Guide to the 12 Steps. If you want to connect, uh, ask us a question or... Let us know what's on your mind. We're really, really happy to receive those. We had some really great emails this week. Um, you can email us at consciouslythepodcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on the Light Revealed uh, on Instagram or Facebook. Okay, so last couple weeks in the Jewish Orthodox world, there's been a lot of discussion about this situation in in Israel and Eretz Israel around an individual who is a therapist and an author, a very prominent individual, who apparently had been involved in some really abusive, terrible behavior for a long time. Um, and it all kind of came to a head, thank God, and he was exposed. And ultimately it led to, unfortunately, one of his victims committing suicide, which is the greatest tragedy this whole thing, um, but also he committed suicide himself. And there's been a lot of discussion in the Orthodox world about that situation. It's highlighted the fact and the presence of things like sexual abuse, and different types of sexual misbehavior in the Orthodox community, which is terrible. It really shouldn't occur anywhere, and it does occur all over human experience, but we as a community really need to rein that in and take care of that, especially as we are aspiring to be a community of holiness. Uh, something like that has no place in our community, and a place where a person in a position of power is able through their influence, and through their stature to create like basically a force field around themselves and then perpetuate abuse over an extended period of time. I mean there's certain aspects of it that are 20 years old, certain aspects that are 6 years old, some of the most egregious. And we have to eradicate that. It's not it's not acceptable at all. It's not acceptable for us to have any of that in our midst. Now, you know, my awareness and familiarity with sexual abuse and its consequences um it, you know, is abundant. I I work with tons of people. I'm not a trauma specialist. It's not something that I've chosen to specialize in, but I work with individuals who have experienced sexual trauma and other trauma all the time, and I'm thankful to be able to refer them to the many and abundant trauma specialists that we have in our community. Um, and I'm, you know, very consciously aware of kind of you know how prominent this issue is. And there's a lot of talk of the way in which it triggers things like suicide, but there is also a need for discussing the horrible consequences of, you know, a tragic molestation, which sometimes is manifests into peer molestation where young kids are molested. And then unfortunately they turn around and experiment that experience with their peers. And that creates a kind of really, really terrible tragedy. And then oftentimes that manifests into layers of incest, um, which incest is a, is not the greatest word for it because what happens is oftentimes kids experience trauma and then they go out and they humans have a tendency to act out, hurt people, hurt people, to act out that trauma, not even in a way that's meant to be dark or abusive um, with whoever's around them. And sometimes that means members of their family and, and how that can destroy families and perpetuates problems like drug abuse and self-harm and promiscuity, among many, many other things. So I'm not unaware of that fact, though I'm not going to talk about that today, um, just to acknowledge it. Also, the issue of people discussing halakhically whether we're allowed to have this individual's books in our houses uh, or people publicly burning them, I think personally, just to you know stand on my soapbox, I think the whole thing is ridiculous. Um, if you have his books, you should dispose of them probably just for your own conscience. Uh, the fact that we have to ask a Ashila about whether we can keep them Shows the callousness that we have to this issue and the tuma that it presents. Why would one want those books? Don't get me wrong; I think that it's a worthwhile question to ask, and I think rabbanim need to give guidance. But on an individual level, aside from that, the public level, because I'm not coming from a leadership position, I think our leadership has to give psak, and we need the psak in terms of what the halach position is. But if you're wondering whether you should keep these books in your house and you're waiting for halacha to tell you to, you have to kind of take a look in the mirror and say, why would I want that kind of darkness in my reality? That's just my opinion. If it was permissible to have Charles Manson at your Seder, would you still want him to be there? It just doesn't, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Obviously, that's an extreme example. But to me, that's kind of the way I look at that. But anyway, I don't want to talk about that either. I mean, I've talked about it, but I don't want to get into that at length. It's just something that's been kind of sticking on me. There's another point that um, I really want to focus on, which I think relates to each of us and relates to our personal growth. And it's a point that I've kind of focused in on. And I think we can try to learn from this, aside from the very important issues around how our community needs to make changes, which we do. And I pledge my support fully in the kind of things that are being done through organizations like Amudim and the great Torah leaders that are kind of stepping up. I think those things are all awesome. And as I said, it's not the function of this podcast to you know, comment on that or editorialize on that. But there's an, there's this other point that I really want to focus in on. And it jumped out at me right away uh, when I heard about this story and it, I've been kind of like chewing it over. The Cholent has been cooking uh, for the last few weeks. And that's how our community as a tendency tends to deify and prop up people in a way that's inappropriate. There's that, and then there's also particularly the way in which we allow allow ourselves to digest material that's really like leveraging um, people that have suffered kind of like in a sensational way, right? Which is like people interviewing people that suffer without including some measure of anonymity or respect and how we just kind of like don't have a sense of healthy self-disclosure in a way that's, helpful to the person who's sharing and also helpful to the people listening. Now, mind you, when I talk about the idea of deifying people, I'm not talking about the true tzaddikim. Um, That's not what I'm talking about at all, as I hope if you listen through, you'll see. Uh, But rather, it's kind of the way in which we take the statement of chazal va'amcha kulim tzaddikim in all the wrong ways. But before we go there, I think it's pertinent to spend a few minutes kind of defining the terms that we're talking about um, to just kind of like help guide us in what the idea that I'm trying to put forward, you know, So, as a psychotherapist and as an admirer of sociology and history, I'm very enamored by the intuitive wisdom of how the Tanya frames the stature of people. And what the Tanya does, everyone knows my, my, how enamored I am with the Tanya. Anyone who's listened to this podcast. And if you really want to, Get into great stuff in terms of how the Tanya frames this. Please check out uh, Practical Fabriangum, which is another podcast I have the privilege of, I guess, producing and participating in, which is the insights of my friend R- R- mayer Prager, who's got very, very special insight into that. And we have a discu- we have discussions all the time about how these insights lay play into um, how we can approach life on a practical frame. But anyway, the the Tanya kind of lays out four primary categories of how we can differentiate between a level that a person's on. Right. So the first is like the obvious one, I guess, is a Russia gummer. And that refers to someone we need to be deeply wary of because they are completely dominated by the darkness that is inside of them, him or her. So they don't even have control over it. They're not a lost cause, but we have to always keep them at arms arm's length. We should try to influence them in a positive way. We can try to inspire them to do chuva, to make chuva, but nonetheless they're they're so overwhelmed by their darkness, and oftentimes that manifests in really really egregious kind of negative behavior that hurts others. Particularly, that we need to be cautious around them. Another category that the the Tanya talks about, and I'm going to kind of flip back and forth uh, for good. I think for good reason is the tzaddik varalo. So now these are individuals, maybe even hundreds or thousands in each generation, amazing and great people that we should admire. But nevertheless, we have to realize that although they are so great, there is a subtle stain of darkness that is imperceivable, yet present um, within them. And if it's not carefully guarded, it can come out. And the Tanya even warns those individuals that they have to treat themselves, while well, he interprets a statement of Chazal, they have to treat themselves at, like Kirasha, they have to, as if there's wickedness is present, and that wickedness is possible for them and to always be on guard. The next level that the the, the Tanya discusses is the Russia Vitovlo. And this is where most of us live. And what it's referring to is that it's the 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 Tovlo. The second part is actually the most significant part. It's good people who have a tendency to fall into wickedness. Sometimes a lot, sometimes a little, but nonetheless, it is all, always there. And then finally, you have the tzadik gamor, right? So you have the Russia Gomorrah, the tzadik Viralo, the, the Russia Vitovlo, and the Tsadig Gamor. And these are the few people in each generation which we can and should venerate, maybe even in a certain way worship. The ones who are these unique individuals, who are channels, um, who chazal say that we, you know, if a person feels his connection to God, at tveikus b'ashem, when a person feels that tveikus connection to God is too overwhelming, that that the the solution to that, the medicine for that is to be davik, to tamid e chachamim, to be davik to great people. And these for sure are those people that we want to be attached to. They are a medium and connection to our truest self and to the creator himself. So the, these are the four categories that the Tanya describes. And all of us at any given time, in any given moment, fall into one of these categories. Now there's a fourth category, right? Which famously, which is the book, the first book of Tanya is famously about, the Bainini. And that's a level that Tanya explains that we all, even in some ways, the Tsa de Gamor, as the Alta Rebbe. Uh, testified about himself strive to come to strive to achieve or strive to live by and that's a person a state where a person has self-mastery in their actions speech and thought no matter what kind of tumult is going on inside of them no matter what their emotions are dragging them to at the end of the day they always do the right thing trying to do the right thing for free and for fun because the Abishter wants us to, and because he grants us the privilege to do the right thing. So what we have briefly to review is these four levels tzadik, gamor, complete and total tzadik, who we venerate and even worship. They're just they're they're a gift from Hashem to have such people and to privilege to meet such people and to be connected to such people and to learn from their ways, both while they're present in this world and also after they're, the books that they write, this farm that they write, and they leave for us throughout all the generations, how fortunate we are. Uh, that their neshamas were were present in this world. And then we have great people, amazing people, the tzaddik viralo, right? Great people, geniuses, smart people, people that have worked in themselves, leaders. And they're wonderful and they're great. Some greater and some slightly less great. Nonetheless, they're so great that it's really hard to see the negativity in them. The negativity doesn't really manifest itself often. But it's important for us to remember that it's there. They must remember that it's there. We must remember that it's there. Not to look for it, not to try to see it. And obviously we have to be down the kafskus at all times, but to remember that even in our greatest people, there are flaws that are present that can emerge theoretically in, in a moment. Um, then we have the 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 Russia Vitovlo or the Vitovlo who happens to sometimes be a Russia, right? The good person, the nice person, the knucklehead who's struggling. Do the best they can one day at a time and oftentimes they fall short of that and wickedness can come into their lives and then we have the, the people that are Rishayim Gemurim, the complete Rishayim, who we really need to keep at arm's length because they've become totally uh, consumed by their narcissism and by their other evil behavior and we should try to remember that inside the depths of their being is goodness but nonetheless we have to keep them at a distance. And then we have the Benini, which is the state that we're all seeking towards, that no matter what's going on inside of me, no matter what my impulses are, no matter what my thirsts and my hunger is, whether it's for good or for bad at the end of the day, my focus is to try to live rightly in this world and to manifest goodness because God wants us to and God gives us the privilege to. Now, what does this have to do with that guy in Israel and our often dysfunctional nature, tendency to hero worship in our community? So I think what that whole episode highlights is how important it is for us to remember what we are dealing with. We have to remember that any knucklehead, definitely yours truly, can write a book, record and post a podcast. They might even open a yeshiva. And I think that's a good thing. We all need to share our light as much as we can in the ways that are most conducive to our growth while being careful about how we do that to not get lost in promoting ourselves instead of promoting messages that are meaningful and to have the well-being of others first and foremost in our minds while we're doing that. That no doubt some knuckleheads have things worked out better than others and it's sensible and even admirable to seek their guidance, advice and support and help as well as to admire them for their strength, but we cannot forget that they and we are knuckleheads, imperfect, flawed, complicated human beings with weaknesses, and a tendency to fall into narcissistic behavior and other darkness. We cannot ignore that. We have to be cautious about how we get lost in those things. Surely there are exceptional people all around us, tzaddikim, but they are likely virallo, and that's not a bad thing to admit and to keep in mind. They're just humans. Even though they're not knuckleheads, they're still humans. And when we miss these facts, we fall into the kind of mindless slumber that can open the door to having a frum, an arduously observant and holy society that buries our head in the sand when someone we have propped up misbehaves. It cannot be true. No, it more than often, unfortunately, is true. If it quacks like a duck, unfortunately, it's usually a duck. We have to wake up and realize that our deluded tendency and need to have those we admire be more than they are opens the door to abuses. It makes leadership impossible because these leaders have to constantly maintain or feel the necessity to maintain the false perception of perfection that we project on them, that they can't possibly truly succeed at. You know, we can complain about our lack of leadership, but the way in which we treat leaders— The distorted way in which we as a community of knuckleheads doing the best we can one day at a time treat our leadership creates a circumstance that fosters terrible stumbling blocks like arrogance and ego for those who are succeeding. It fuels also our own false sense of aspiration, and unreasonable measure for success. It doesn't let us be normal. It doesn't let us venerate normal. Most of all, it holds us back from connecting to the true tzaddikim, who are the Ma'or, the source of light, which guides us out of the darkness. In the age that Andy Warhol famously predicted, where everyone has their 15 minutes of fame, we have to keep perspective on who we are and who others are. To venerate the truly exceptional, respect and admire those who embody light, keep in mind we are all the essence of good at the core of our being, some more covered than others, and accept ourselves as and most everyone around us as fellow travelers on the knucklehead journey of life. The two most important messages I think we need to focus in on from this horrible tragedy is, first of all, to hold our leadership accountable for doing the right thing and not allowing abuse to perpetuate, but also to take a look inside of ourselves, to see where we can grow, take responsibility for being in immeasurably greater community, to learn to laugh at ourselves, embrace and accept others for their failures, fiercely protect the weak and vulnerable when darkness manifests into evil, acknowledge when those we admire fall short with the courage to face uncomfortable truth, all as we continue to trudge the road of a happy and holy destiny. Wishing you a great week.
1: Thank you for joining the Consciously family. Consciously is brought to you by The Light Revealed, a social media publisher bringing messages of Jewish spirituality and recovery to whoever is looking for them. Consciously is made possible by the kindness of the Capellius family in memory of Bas Basravaro. Our producer is Morty Schwartz. Our audio engineer is Alps, and our artwork is by Tani Puzz. Our social media team is led by Tihil and Asanian with help from Zoe Poznansky. The assistant to the regional co-host is Shmaya Hanekman, and our music is by Eitan Katz, featuring Zushka. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We love connecting with you, so please feel free to email us at consciouslythepodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com or private message us on Instagram or Facebook at The Light Review. Oh,